0: Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview one of the most acclaimed tenor saxophone players in recent years, Dana Stevens. Welcome, everybody. We have... Dana Stevens here. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Doing great, man. Thanks for having me, Lee. Appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks for being here, man. Well, could you first tell the people who you are about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm a uh, saxophonist composer slash educator. Um, I come from the San Francisco Bay Area originally. I was born in Brooklyn, but I was raised entirely in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, went to Berkeley High School and then went to Berkeley College of Music. And then what was then the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz in L.A. And then I've been in New York ever since, and I teach at William Patterson University and Manhattan School of Music in Manhattan, which is obviously not happening right now. But that's what's that's what's going on.
0: that stuff. I know Corona is hitting everyone hard right now. Yeah, indeed. But, well, I'm still glad you're here for the show. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. Are you located anywhere else besides New York right now?
1: No, I'm I'm actually in uh, Patterson, New Jersey, which is across the river, um, about 10 miles across from uh, New York. And uh, so I'm, I guess, fortunately, not in the middle of everything that's happening, although we do have quite a bit of uh, uh, impact here in Jersey, too, as well.
0: Okay. So... Since you still work in the academic world, being in both, the academic and the real world, what is something you've learned and experienced?
1: Well, um, there's a vast variety of students coming um, from all over the world. And I really appreciate how they all bring in their own unique experiences um, uh, and influences to, to the music i've got one kid from south africa and i've had students from israel and and europe and all over um, from uh, from japan and china so it's uh it's 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 really interesting to hear the diversity but also hear the uh common thread um that you know this music that is the language that that's spoken by by all of them it's one thing that unites them and for me it's it's been interesting to codify all the things that i've picked up um through the years and and presented to them and and have them take it and you know take it and put it in their own way so yeah it's it's been um a great exchange of uh information both ways honestly it's not just me teaching them it's also me observing um you know the things that they grew up with, and even generationally, even with my American students, um, they have a lot of stuff they they've hit me to that I would have not heard before. So, yeah, it's a fruitful, fruitful endeavor. <laughs> oh, that's good.
0: That's good. Uh, How do your students see the jazz world? One more time. How do your students see the jazz world?
1: Um, they see it definitely different, uh, probably than. Uh, my generation did just because the technology is is um, so much different and has played a big impact on on uh, this younger generation. Um, they have so much more at their, you know, under their fingers in, with their with their gadgets. <laughs> um, you know, we had physical metronomes and books and actual physical CDs and things we had to use and. Um, we didn't have the internet. We couldn't really. We had to get books to kind of go in depth into a player's uh, biography. They have all this stuff at their disposal. So in some ways, they're they're at a. They've got quite a bit more of a head start into their journey than I think we did. So yeah, man. I mean, so you know, th- their exposure to jazz is much wider than it was when I was their age. So that's that's actually an, in, that's actually an interest. I'm sorry. That's actually an interesting challenge <laughs> for me to uh, to take on. So,
0: yeah. and what do you students expect once they graduate?
1: Um, oftentimes, not uh, what they came in expecting. A lot, uh, some don't make it to the end because they've either gotten a gig or they've decided to, um, you know, go a different path for some reason or another. Or, you know. Um, But, uh, you know, I'd say 90% end up staying in the music field, but some may end up uh, in more composing um, positions, or some will become teachers right away. I know a couple that have already written books uh, in education, mm-hmm. um, and some go on to perform and, and, and start their own band, um, and some have become writers. So, you know, there's... You kind of never know. Um, everyone comes with their own special um, strengths and, and interests. So um, how that molds into their musicianship is uh, different uh, for each student. So.
0: Okay. What is something you would tell or what advice would you give somebody going into the music right now?
1: Hmm. Well... Um, I think the ultimate goal, whatever field you're in, is to become a unique, original individual. Um, so I would, you know, first say, you know, definitely learn as much history as you can and learn the um, different scenes that are within the scene. Um, but uh, as soon as you can compose and write um, your own music, you know, the faster you'll get to that originality that's within you. So that's that's the first thing I, I always um, part on to the students.
0: Okay. And what is something people seem to misunderstand about the music world?
1: <laughs> that's a good question, man. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how that would be different from, you know, everyone goes into um any field really um with this um dream of what they think it's going to be like um and it's nothing is ever how it's imagined in the head (laughs) you know when it actually happens so um yeah that's a tough one man (laughs) it's really again i think it's really unique to the uh to the individual, you know.
0: Okay. So, what have you noticed about the music scene recently? Well, <laughs> um I guess this this will be
1: pre-COVID 19. Pre-corona. Yes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um Well, um you know, I, I'm not one that's on like uh, Instagram and I'm on Facebook a little bit, probably a little bit more since this virus has started so to have more time. But, um, you know, people are a lot more connected in that way than, than I am. I tend to be kind of, you know, I keep to myself. I'm pretty introverted. And I, I kind of go into other interests that I have in my life. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm the best judge of knowing, you know, what, what I see new. I definitely don't see as many people going to jam sessions, um, as they did when, when I was a young buck here on the scene. Um, they, they, which, and they tend to have their own sessions, sessions, which I think is actually really good. Um, just kind of get cut to the chase and really kind of get to your, specialized, unique, uh, group or, you know, unique individual voice. Um, but again, it's, it, it comes down to the difference between, you know, the year 2000 and the year 2020. There's just a lot more that these kids have, have at their disposal than, um, than, uh, than I did. Um, and then and honestly, I think that obviously that's affected, um, my generation and much older generations um, having the same um, abilities to connect and quickly access the history in a ways you know in a way that you know a lot of a lot of uh, the whole generations all generations of uh, jazz music um, haven't been able to so you know I, I'll be hanging with Kenny Barron and he's checking out. Some old train records. I mean, maybe he had these train records or heard them when they first came out, but now he could just be on a random uh, flight anywhere and have them all, (laughs) you know, with him versus bringing a box of record records, you know, LPs with him. So, yeah, you know, it's a slow but definite change that's happening to the scene. Uh, We're all adapting to this new medium that we're in.
0: So, in terms of the digital world, do you like it better?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say better um but i definitely dig it (laughs) um now for me it's it's that digital world has crossed over into my composing and and music making as well um i now play an electric electronic wind instrument it's called the ewe um or wind controller some some people call it and a lot of the sounds i use with that are um on my iphone or my ipad you know so and And they have rich, unique uh, sounds in themselves, on you know apps and different developers of are b- literally shaping our sound <laughs> as as we you know hurl through this technology age.
0: And what about so, the distribution part? Do you like it?
1: Uh, I have literally just recently gotten Spotify. Um I had Apple music. I've had that for a while. Um, I think for us as musicians, it's definitely obviously not as fruitful as things were, Um, let's say, in the 90s and definitely since the 80s. I I know um, many musicians that were active in those days who were making a very good living um, from CD sales or record sales, I guess you would say, and touring and Record contracts having a advance to do a record that is virtually unheard of in the jazz world, um, uh, the greater jazz world I should say. There, there are few that obviously have that that benefit. But um, so yeah, I, 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 I I'm mixed in a way. Um, there's more access to more people um, to listen and be involved in the music. At the same time, it's much harder for us to make a living. So it's, it's a, it's a give and take, um, and, uh, unfortunately, just as, you know, um, we see in every parts of all parts of society. It's not all of us, um, adjust to this at the same rate. And, um, it doesn't have, uh, the greatest of consequences, unfortunately. Doesn't have the best of results. I mean, um, especially here in America. I mean, it's one thing if you live in Europe or any other socialized country where we have medicine and you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, healthcare or education in a lot of cases, and the government gives grants readily, readily to uh, musicians. Yes, but in do. the states here, that that technology, that digital um, distribution. Uh, that new new digital distribution landscape is uh, is uh, not fruitful financially. So,
0: yes, we had a female that came on before you, mm-hmm. Kathleen Winfield, and she was pretty much telling us that she gets a lot of grants from the government. So that I do mm-hmm. agree with you on uh, hmm. she, this government, or no, 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 she lives in Denmark. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. Yes, yes, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Where do you think jazz will be in ten years
1: well um it will still be around i mean i don't think it's going anywhere I mean the freedom that this uh particular uh genre and art form has over um, other well over other genres that are popular i would say um is is infectious not you know no pun intended not not to talk about that in this time but um so there's i think there's always going to be a space for this for this uh level of expression level of personal expression
0: do you see the field expanding or do you see it shrinking more
1: i don't see it shrinking personally um because the population is expanding and i know education it's Alone uh, that I see, literally throughout the world. I've been to random little towns in Ukraine, and they have uh, jazz festivals. So I don't, you know, maybe um, uh, I could maybe see in America because there's not as much music happening in schools. But I, I, I even that I, I find hard to hard to believe. I think honestly, what we've seen is. It become. um, It's the culture of the music has become has grown in more wealthy communities. Let's put it that way.
0: Um, That's fair.
1: You know, um, and it's become uh, you know at one point a lot of extracurricular activities. um, Some were were pretty much cut off from um economically uh disadvantaged communities right but um jazz is now i think become one of those extracurricular activities that has um become somewhat expensive um in terms in the education world you see it um giving it um you know private schools more uh than than public schools. Um, you have to go to a special arts, you know, where this was just not the case, like even 20 years ago. So, okay.
0: So, if you could turn back time and give advice to 18 year old self, you, <laughs> what would you tell yourself? And would you talk yourself out of being a musician?
1: No, there's, I would never talk myself out. Of, that's an easy, easy answer right there. Uh, the advice. Um, You know, um, as long as you love the music and and stay with it, don't trip. It it will be okay. <laughs> that, that's the advice I would give that young self because, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, insecurities. I mean, honestly, it's still a lot of insecurities. But um, when I look back at what I've been able to do in these 20 years, 20, 20 plus years, there's, you know, there's proof that um, I don't need to trip <laughs> as much as I did before. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Understood. so if you could remove all the barriers, all the constraints, what type of project would you do and yeah. who would be on it?
1: <laughs> well, that's going to change uh, probably from week to week, to be honest because there's so many things I want to do. But um, I've had the pleasure of writing for orchestra um, and written for big band. Um, I've And I've actually written one song for choir, although I've never heard it um, sung before. Uh, I would love to uh, put a project where I can incorporate something with all of those three. Um in, you know, a, a big band inside of an orchestra with a with a choir added, um, and, and with that kind of instrumentation, you can go as big as big or small as as you want. You know, so um, who? That's you know, again, that's that's tough, man. <laughs>
0: okay, that's new week for week. I understand that part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's really tough. I mean, I get to give you a list of cats that I've always wanted to play with. Um, Jack DeJeanette is like my hero of all time and i've met him once but i would i dream of of, uh, playing with him one day um uh kurt rosewinkle someone i've wanted to play with um christian mcbride i mean there's a lot of cats i would i would really love i mean that those three right there would be awesome as a rhythm section so uh (laughs) um but, uh, yeah, this this would be a long, meandering list if, if I don't stop at this point. yeah, so.
0: <laughs> What is the best compliment you ever received?
1: Um, I don't remember the exact words, but um, there's a song I covered on my record piece uh, called Once Upon a Time in America. Um And someone really connected with my version of that and said it brought him, uh, to tears. Um, and that they, um, I think it was a message on Facebook or something like that they sent me. So that, um, you know, I've had that experience where I've been moved to tears by someone's playing. And, uh, that's not something you can just plan on. So that, uh, one thing I think we all gravitate in music is the emotional content of what's going on and to have confirmation that uh, there is a connection, emotional connection to something I I did was I think that's probably the highest compliment I could have.
0: Okay. So, Liberty just came out. I loved it.
1: Oh, thanks, man.
0: And you told me you have one that you're Planning on releasing soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a live record at the Village Vanguard um, with a similar instrument, a similar group, but with a piano instead of a trio. Yeah.
0: You have a date yet? Oh, you?
1: Well, I'm. It's with this coronavirus. Uh, it's kind of put things up in the air um, uh, to get my physical CDs made. And delivered and mailed out. Um, first of all, would be a risk for me. I'm actually high risk um, because of uh, immunosuppressive drugs that I'm that I'm on. So even to leave my house, I, I you know I, I don't even feel comfortable leaving my house at this point. So literally, you know, having asking someone to do all this for me when the whole state's locked down and the release date is has always been uh, April twenty fourth. So the thing I'm de- deliberating now is whether to just release it uh, digitally on iTunes and all the electric, or what do you call it, digital platforms, rather, <laughs> and uh, and just hold off on the physicals um, until this is all over with. Um, but, you know, I, no one's ever done that before, uh, just release it digital, and then, so I, I'm still kind of up in the air about whether it's going to happen, but I'm definitely leaning towards having something released on April uh, 24th, so.
0: Okay. Yeah. Make sure you give me a free copy. That's my birthday. It would mean a lot.
1: Oh, uh, wow, man. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> cool, yeah.
0: So before we go, yeah. we like to give a shout-out or show respects to artists that came before us. So I'm going to tell you an instrument and two artists. You tell me which one mm. and why. Now, because you're still rapidly in the scene. Would you like a more challenging one? A more modern uh, sure. group? Sure. No, your call.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I like a challenge. <laughs>
0: OK. Ray Hargrove, or Christian oh. Scott?
1: OK. So hold on one second here. Am I, am I?
0: You're choosing one of them for the trumpet and every instrument. And you're going to say which one you rather have. On your own album, or you had to play with, and why?
1: Oh, man. Well, it goes without saying, I love both of those cats. Um, but since um, we no longer have Roy here with us, and he was a, was a friend, I, uh, and actually never got a chance to record with him. I, I, uh, I would have to say Roy just for that alone.
0: Understood. So, Understood. Yeah. On saxophone. Steve Coleman or Chris Potter?
1: Oh man. (laughs) Again, two cats. I love, um, I don't personally hear enough of, uh, Steve. So, um, and I, there's a lot of situations I've never heard him in that I would love to write for. Um, I think just for that alone, uh I would I would uh love to 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 make some music with Steve. Chris I've heard obviously in many different situations and I've OD'd actually I've O D'd on both of these cats over the years, but I would have to say Steve, so
0: <laughs> Okay. On trombone, Steve Davis or Jeb Bishop?
1: Wow oh, man, I don't know Jeb. I'm sorry. Okay man that tells you i don't get out enough man <laughs> but i will look him up man i feel embarrassed but uh i know i know steve and that's a bad uh man jamma <laughs> so uh,
0: okay um base we'll go with dave Holland or william parker
1: hmm I love Dave, man. Um, I don't know William as much, uh, but but Dave is on so many fundamental records that uh, that were part of my inspiration growing up and, and still is a part of records. I love him on the new Kenny Barron record. So, yeah.
0: On piano, Saco, I mean, Satoko Fuji or Robert Glasper?
1: <laughs> well, um, again, Robert's someone I, I don't, I know actually he's, I've been re- records that he's produced, but I've never had a chance to play or perform or record with him on my own. So um salivating over that idea.
0: <laughs> okay. And on drums, Matt Wilson or Billy Hart? Jeez.
1: <clears throat> I love both of these cats. Uh, I've played with both of them. I've recorded only with Billy though, so just for that alone, I think I would like to put Matt up in that up in that crack. <laughs> so
0: okay Well, is there anything else you'd like the people to know?
1: Um, just keep it diverse. listen to as much. Interesting music music as you can that's that's all I could um because there's a lot out there, you know, so that's that's really all I can say
0: Okay, could you tell the people where to find your stuff?
1: Yes, danastevens.net and dana My dad did some interesting things to the spelling of my first name. It's spelled d-a-y-n-a And stevens is with a P-H. And that's danastevens.net, and there's links to everywhere, um, all my stuff from there. Or you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, all the digital platforms, Tidal, whatever you, whatever you want. So if you just Google me, you'll find everything that way, too.
0: Okay, everyone, Mr. Dana Stevens, and this is Leanne Young from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good day. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.